Make my wish come true. Okay, okay. Whoa, whoa, holiday. Wait, hold on, hold on, holiday. Hi, my name is Rafi, and after this decade, I have 2020 vision. And you can cross me off of your wish list. It's your girl, Nunu Parish, y'all. And, and this, this is Wait, Don't, don't do, do It, the show we tell you to wait. The decade is almost over, y'all. So you can just take a breather and listen to this episode. So here we are, December 27th. I know you guys are listening to it because it just dropped on this Friday. You're listening to your cop while you're walking on the street. But we got three days left, four days left for the decade. What's I the know. tea? I'm enjoying what Santa brought me. What did Santa bring you? Um, for Fillness, a great gig. And I think my man is a little running running a little late, but I think next year is going to be where it's happening. Oh, my God. Maybe next decade, right, Gales? Uh, next year, honey. <laughs> I'm taking applications right now. Let's see. Um, you have to be six The way you don't do it, DMs, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Slide through. So let's check in. What is going on? We only have a few more days. What are you doing? Um, I mean, going home was very much needed. I've not been home in a while. Now I'm just, I mean, like I said, I'm starting 2020 with a new gig. I'm started working at 305 Fitness, uh, the complete opposite work environment of where I've been for the past four years. So I'm kind of like really entering 2020 with a, with a sense of optimism that I haven't had before. I think I, I know to you've t- been going to holiday parties up in New York doing trainings. You've been booking it around. I have, but it's also like when I started 2010, I have to recap and I didn't have that same sense of optimism. I had a sense like I hope I make it to the next decade. You know, I think when I was younger, I always felt like I was going to like, I hope I make it to high school. I hope I make it to college. <laughs> and now it's turning into a different kind of feeling. As we just wrap up, I am going to use Frozen 2 as my... Is my analogy. That's a good um, analogy. I've seen this movie so many times, and I just really think that's what it was about. You haven't seen Frozen 2. Go see my girl Elsa. You know, tell y'all how it feels to go into the unknown and really, like, showing yourself, right? These two titular songs that kind of talk about that fear that we all experience, but, you know, having the bravery and the courage just to push through and persevere, because things are going to be terrible. Things are going to be great. How did you do that in this past decade? How did I do in this past decade? Well... We'll talk about it, right? Let's recap. Let's start in 2010, because we were both in North Carolina, both two young, in-the-closet gay boys, started out this decade, um, trying to figure out the world. I had no idea what the world was going to bring. Yeah, so let's kind of recap it in a way of media and content, right? This whole season of Wait, Don't Do It, we've talked about childhood and kind of the experiences we've seen. Um, and how that influenced us. But from 2010 to now, let's kind of talk about our lives and where we've come. Well, I think first we need to acknowledge what was out in the media back then in the early 20s. Where where, where was your headspace? I already started experimenting with my homosexuality uh, by that point by listening to... Ga- you, you said that Gaga was a big thing that back in like 2010. What was your biggest song in 2010, you think? Bad Romance. Bad Romance. That was iconic for me at the time. Um, RuPaul's Drag Race was starting to pick up speed at that point. 
And I think season three or season four was up by then. And I was like already starting to quote that in my daily life. But I remember watching it so in like secrecy. Because A, I felt kind of like sympathy for the girls. Because I was like, oh, there were drag queens at that time. It was not accepted by even gays ourselves. But also I didn't want my parents to know that I was watching men dress up as a woman. Because that was an automatically out for me. But now looking back at that time and where are we at now in our culture drag queens are at the forefront they're in everything I mean AJ the AJ the queen with RuPaul and a bunch of the RuPaul, RuPaul girls is coming out of Netflix in January 6th right so you have all support these us oh yeah Nunu's gonna be on that show Fox, uh, <laughs> yes 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 but it's just the fact of the matter is is that has given us so much more acceptance for ourselves and realizing that RuPaul helped me accept my homosexuality uh, Gaga's extra like especially well telephone was another iconic video of that time yeah and remember how iconic that was and just like even though we couldn't express ourselves like beyonce or gaga at those times it gave us that blueprint of but you can absolutely you have that option too when i think of 2010 i think of just the seeds and growing so i had like 2010 was you know in last year of senior year the summer and then i started college Beginning of the year, I was, you know, 17. I got my license, like, like that April. Yeah. So I started driving, right? You started doing things on your own. Mm-hmm. Started going to parties mm-hmm. and doing cool things. And then um, just going to college and starting to, like, realize that maybe I'm a little different. Mm-hmm. Realize that I kind of go about the world and see art and create my own art in different ways than, I guess, was custom at the time. Um, and my standouts, in addition to Gaga, honestly, was just Nicki Minaj. I yeah. mean, first of all, now she's the queen of rap. Period. Period. <laughs> um, and, I mean, the thing she's fucking accomplished is insane. Um, but in that be- in that beginning, you know, she was just coming out. Pink Friday came out that November, and we had Monster come out that year. We had Roma's Revenge. We just had songs that just empowered me to be like, I am powerful i'm strong i can do things like i i'm in control and that's really what what started it because 2011 you know god got come out born this way myself and a lot of other gays came out during that time so it just started that revolution i think people a lot of people clown on 2010 and say that it was a pc culture kind of thing but i think 2010 was a starting of that new wave of that new wave of acceptance of that new wave of fuck what we've known no like really like you don't have to Tear someone down because they look manly if they're a female. All those things are starting to bring up. I mean, Glee started around this time. Yeah, homosexuality was in in 2020, and again, right around that time, also we were going. We were in North Carolina, so we knew of that bill, the the Marriage Act or whatever that banned gay marriage in North Carolina. And I remember being just distraught and seeing no future besides that because I was like, we have no hope now. Right. And I couldn't see outside of North Carolina at that point. I couldn't see outside of the world. And noticing what the amount of perspective I was given by the media that I was choosing to absorb really influenced that for me. And I'm so glad because before that, I think I was watching a lot of heteronormative media before 2010. I was definitely watching a lot of One Tree Hill, all those kinds of shows that never uplifted me. So I think having the transitions out and really changing what I was watching, especially once I got to college, really changed it for me. I just remember, I mean, because I spent, you know, the first three years of that decade in college, so I just remember um, transitioning from watching shows traditionally. I mean, I was keeping up with RuPaul's Drag Race, like yeah. you said, but other than that, I wasn't watching anything on a consistent basis. I, I started to explore independent films. I started to just figure out what 
I liked and Netflix had just become a thing like streaming wise right so I got my own Netflix account yeah I was just looking at things that like it was different well than college like, was starting I remember I mean I'm forgetting the biggest thing that I accomplished this past decade which was losing 90 pounds I started 2010 nearly 300 pounds 270 and I was a senior in high school wow. and then I was working at Walmart uh, that was not fulfilling at all. I was even gaining more weight when I started working at Walmart because I was not working out as much. And then I realized I like to work out. I like to... And chips is right there. Huh? And, and the chips are cookies. cookies right there. And you have 30-minute break. What am I going to do at Walmart be, and for 30 minutes? Eat. So, um, yeah, I think... Uh, move, like, 2010, I, did, I said, I'm going to college. I'm not going to go to college overweight. I'm not going to be held back. And there's nothing wrong with being overweight, but it was like, I know I can't be my best self being overweight. I know that because of how much I was bullied, because of how much I was not uplifted for being overweight, I cannot keep this lifestyle continuing. I was not in control of my life. So basically in 2010, I decided to lose that weight. I lost 90 pounds. But to be quite real, and I'm realizing this, until now where I have a new job, where my body is not at the forefront and they're appreciating my personality and star power instead, I'm realizing that I have not let go of that big boy personality or, or feeling or of insecurity until now closing up the year and I think we have to realize and that's why I appreciate these beginning and end of the decades because you get to look back and be like where did I start these 10 years and am I at the same point in my life that I was 10 years ago am I still tearing myself down the same way that I was 10 years ago does that make sense no yeah I think it's about looking at the truths when I think about the fresh of the first again few years of that the decade I think about not only trying to express it myself in the way I want to, but realize that's when I first started seeing, I guess, my people-pleasing behaviors. I mean, now I kind of recognize them more. I don't think I've actually put <clears throat> verbalized it mm-hmm. until recently, but I really, really care about what people think about <laughs> me. <laughs> and that's not specifically negative all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I really want people to have the view that I wanted to have, which is positive. But that's beyond your control, though. It is, it is. But I tried, but I also try to do as much as I can. Not that I, like, go out of my way to specifically, you know, give myself and expend my energy, but I just want to be pleasant at all times. I want to be, you know, a likable person. But is that you all the way, though? I think that I want as much love and peace in the world, so I want to produce that. I think there's, I think I'm multifaceted. I do. But what you try to say? What you try to say? I do, but going back to what we were talking about, I don't even know, honey. But you said, and I we brought up the fact that in the beginning of this decade, me and Nunu met each other, um, and Nunu's a <laughs> bitch to me. In the beginning of this decade, <laughs> no, it was like midway through. It was 2013, 2013, I didn't meet you 2013, honey. Baby, baby, it was 2013. It was 2014. Okay, boo. Okay, in the beginning ish, <laughs> halfway of the year, through. Uh, when we still had a good president, um, <laughs> you were awful to me. Okay, okay. Now. You were not nice. I was really no, trying to be your friend. It's different. I was really trying to be your friend, but you saw me. You are lying <laughs> But no, you saw I me. really love when Nunu is a bitch. I do. <laughs> I'm As a friend, I can say that. But I do think that that bitch goes away and that bitch doesn't, doesn't know how to act when she wants to be liked. And you have to balance those two because I think that that is you at your truest form too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I there had, is not a I, day that Nudu is not a bitch to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny fact. That's a funny fact. Nudu, <laughs> you'll know if Nudu's in the building. Because <laughs> is she criticizing me? Yes, she yes, is. Yes. <laughs> if I'm pushing you to be better, I yell, honey. Um, I, I'm glad you brought that up because going back to people pleasing and just trying to, you yeah. know, really be okay with yourself. It's, you know, 2011. Right, is when I first fell in love. Um, and that whole tumultuous next four years <laughs> was really just about me trying to be someone I thought I should be, trying to, you know, force almost these heteronormative standards um, and trying to be this kind of perfect couple trying to soften myself and quiet some things that maybe I thought wasn't appropriate. Um, but really it's about finding someone and people, not just um, romantically, that care and yeah. really accept you for you. So I think I went through a, a, a long couple of years of just trying to be liked by people, by dressing up, by acting a certain way, by only being around certain people. So that may have, in you know, impeded me being as friendly as I could have been to you. Not that I was mean to you. No, I, but I do... I, 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 I ignored I, you. I am being, <laughs> you can't ignore somebody that you're talking shit about. Period. <laughs> you knew who we were, though, didn't you? <laughs> but I do think that... I relate to that. We And I think it's because we both share that familiarity. Like I said, I used to be a big girl. And I think that sometimes when you're not noticed for your appearance besides of the negatives that people see about them, you cater, you are a pleaper pleaser because that's all you think that you can be validated for. And you do extra because I have done sh- the most for the least amount. Um, Who has them though, right, ladies? And that's ultimately how we're trained as, again, that's part of the female experience as well. I think females go through a lot of this. But when you can't rely on your laurels, when you cannot rely on your beauty that's conventional and noticeable off the bat off the cuff you have to rely on other things and i think when i got humor. my humor but also attentiveness i can be the best boyfriend and i can do the most when while i'm comp- comp- compromising my own self sometimes my own time my own sleep my own money i'm putting more time into a relationship or energy into something that another person isn't even thinking about and realizing that, just like you said, I was making myself do this because I thought that's how I needed to be to be happy. And um, we closed training today at 3 or 5 with a poem. Um, and it was basically saying, um, at this point in our lives, we should never chase happiness. If you're out chasing happiness, you're going to miss out on happiness. Because if you just realize that happiness is when you let go and really are accept the senses of what what you've seen and just accept things for what they are perfect imperfect that's where the happiness is but if you continue to force things people notice people create that energy and then it's never going to gel uh that was unheard of in a fitness in a fitness scene for me i've always been told fake it till you make it i've always been told no you got to do it this way you got to change in the elements and just realizing true beauty true Happiness comes from letting go. Unheard of. That's why I know, as of right now, hopefully I don't get digmatized anytime soon, but for a man, am I going to break my back like I did? For that other person, no. I would never again because I just know what that would do. And it's a, and it's a, and it's a cycle that you have to now learn from. If you don't learn from your mistakes, you're not living your life. And you're going to keep repeating the same mistakes. And I think that's what 2020 has to teach a lot of us. Because look at the culture itself. 
even though we're growing, we're resorting to these old ways of thinking. We have the worst president alive. We have the worst government structure to where we're putting all this energy into an impeachment that's not going to end up with an impeachment because our system is wired to protect the fundamental things that are wrong with it. I mean, that rant was long, but true, right, ladies? Period. Period. But that's what it, so culminating that, I think that's that's kind of where I wanted this episode to go. But I also don't want to dwell on all the negatives because we have so many things. There are so many positives in me in 2013, yeah. December 13, 2013, Beyonce Giselle knows Hyphen Carter released her self-titled album, Beyonce. Um, revolutionizing the way we receive music, the way artists control their content, and how we viewed feminism. And I'm not going to, you know, attribute Beyonce to creating feminism, but I do think um, her her music and her presence in that era specifically was pushing to the forefront, especially for a lot of black women and people of color. I will say after that album, I saw her Destiny's Child days in a different light. You always said, like, because I remember people at that time were being like, where is this all feminism coming from? Like, she's being really feminist all of a sudden. And I never thought that because I was like, well, yeah, but, like, she's a woman, so whatever. I never realized, though, that she was always about that life. When you go back at Destiny's Child, she was always talking about, again, you said, right. make your own money, fuck that man, you get, uh, you better say my name. You better say my name. Um, yeah. All those things were not clear to me until she put a name on it, I guess. Feminism. Standing right. up for yourself. I mean, that was amazing because, you know, that was the beginning of my first three years teaching children yeah. at the ripe old age of 21 where I was out partying with Raffi and... We were not partying together. We you were not. You were there at parties. At parties. You were you there were, at parties. You were trying to ignore me at parties. Well, I was trying to make a man that never would love me. <laughs> love me. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Um, I mean, teaching was a big thing for me in twenty in these two decades, right? Because that that played into kind of those insecurities because I was kind of just like, you know, I was like the only weird black queer person in this little rural space, uh-huh. and you know, they want you to be a certain way, and then once you are. Even though you're doing the right things, if you're not a certain way, you're not always treated the best. So, I mean, I learned a lot. I do think I had a positive experience overall, but I remember feeling just so boxed in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from 2013 to by the time I got to 2016, when I decided to move up here in D.C., I was just like, I'm done. I don't give a fuck mm-hmm. what anyone thinks at this point. I've done what I can do, and I'm going to move on. It's just really learning about your talent and being like, this is what I offer. This is who I am. I don't have to uh, be scared in a job. I don't have to be thinking that people are going to, you know, replace me because mm-hmm. I offer something. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started realizing that. Something I've noticed, I recently opened up about, like I said, my body dysmorphia on my Instagram, especially, like I said, I think people are starting to really notice how happy Rafi has become with the new job. But someone has hit me up recently in the DMs and they were just saying like, what you posted the other day really affected me. I really was thinking about things. And I just want to know, where do you get your confidence from? Because I just don't know, like, what did you do? And, and they were they put it in a way that was like, it could only happen for me. Or that confidence was something I was born with. And that is nothing, that's so far beyond the truth. <laughs> like, you're not just born believing that you're the best. I still struggle. And something that you called me out for the recently is like, in this job, because 305 is definitely a luxe brand and it's very, like, it's becoming a bigger and bigger brand, um, on par with SoulCycle, in my industry, that becomes more of a, again, niche. 
and that's pressure and there's more aspirational more of the instructors become aspirational and I told Nunu I was like I'm not feeling aspirational I don't feel good enough I feel like I'm meant to stay where Vita is and not get noticed I feel like I can't handle the pressure and then you said something like but Beyonce probably doesn't feel aspirational all the time and she doesn't feel that and then again I was doing the same thing that person does to me I was believing that Beyonce could never ever be insecure because she's Beyonce and I forget that people would also have that perception of me because of the way I come across naturally, which is charismatic, extra, but again, they're bold. But those things take a certain level of confidence, which I understand, but that's what I noticed too. Do you see what I'm saying there? No, yeah. I mean, developing in our age group is really about finding your place in the world and within yourself. Um, I remember my professor used to say, you know, if you can't go home and be with yourself in silence for 15 minutes, then you got to do some reflecting, yeah. right? Um, you're not going to always feel the best. You're not going to always be the best. But it doesn't mean you're not going to try your best or do your best. It doesn't mean that things won't work out because you weren't your best that day or that you didn't feel your best that day. So this, obviously, I got my degree in counseling <laughs> in grad school, which was a giant part of this decade. But it just taught me to talk to myself in a purposeful way. Sometimes we talk to ourselves and just... The negative ways, like we're not good enough, we look like this, we're terrible, things are never going to work out. Instead of just talking to your thoughts and just saying, hey, I know that I'm not feeling the best right now, but it doesn't mean that this is true about me. Like, it's okay to have those thoughts. It's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And I think mental health also was a big focus of this decade, would you yeah. say? Yeah. I mean, in American history, probably. Yeah. Um, We've seen so many, I mean, and that's due to social media. I mean, that's one of the biggest, right, hallmarks of the decade is the birth of social media media and and taking over um, how we just receive content, people, and understanding of ourselves. I remember one argument that me and Nunu and other people in our friend or in his friend group would have um, was... Do we think the world is positively changing? Do we think one day we'll be in the in in like we'll see power shifts, or we'll see um, the change in racism or like less racism? And to me, I, if you would have asked me this 2013, 2014, I would have said fuck that. It's gonna be the same for the rest of my life. And even though, like I said, things are still happening that are terrible. I don't think that, like I said, I think a lot of white people are still failing to see the realness of racism and the fundamental that, that is not all about, yes, mama queen, or yes, black woman, da-da-da-da, ka-ka-ka-ka-ka. Again, you're not seeing them as people. You're just seeing them as personas. Um, but what I am seeing is look at where music started and look where music is now. Look where content is shifting now. Top 10 is mostly... Um, people of color. People of color, trap music, lat- Latino inspirational music, Latino inspired music. I mean, that's a part of the thing that rise of Latino Latino representation in the media. I mean, I think it's gonna become bigger in twenty twenty. Yes, but you know, we've seen it in these last when two did, years. When did the notion of black money come? Like black money, like writ, like because like I said, that that's something we were talking about on the podcast. There is something called like black money, like black spaces of of affluence. Um, here in PG County, um, there's places in New York as well, the black affluence. New, uh, in For Latinos, that has not happened yet. But I think I'm the generation that will see that, that first level layer of, no, we got money. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think that's going to change it. I think that is where the, our country is going. I do think that, um, I'm really, if you look at our stars that are in the forefront, they're mostly looking uh 
not not Eurocentric anymore. They they have some sort of layer. I mean, the biggest pop star right now is Ariana Grande, and that bitch does not look Italian anymore. You mean Taylor Swift? According to Billboard, according to the chart. Again, but see, those things are going to start antiquating themselves. I used to get so pressed about Golden Globes and all that shit. People are so pressed on Oscars. Y'all have to realize we don't have to give a fuck about the Oscars. We don't. You don't. You just have to stop watching it. And I'm telling you that's where the change will come. I'm telling you that's where it's going to come. We don't got to worry about who's getting nominated. Why? Because they're antiquated. Right. And we will start our own... And that's where social media comes into place. I mean, the fact that... I mean, we stream now. We do everything on our phones. We don't watch cable programming we've like taken that, that control back um so people aren't you know especially in our generation everyone's really watching especially the younger generation for sure but anyone's watching all this stuff because who cares i did think that when they see us was snubbed from the golden globes i thought that was bullshit however i had to say back i'm like i'm not gonna get pressed about this because at the end of the day like i said the golden globes don't get watched like that anymore at the end of the day there will be i think that's what people of color need to start the ones that have the power right now need to focus on let's not get ourselves into the oscars let's not do that because that's not, that to me if i'm framing that in my life that's like me forcing things at my current job that i've had for the past 4 years like forcing myself to be a presence there when ultimately even though i could have the most power most money there i won't be the scene, i won't be allowed to act or be as free as i would be in a space that uplifts my natural charisma um, and that's why I'm saying we have to find our own niches. Same thing as Beyonce said. That woman said, fuck the Grammys. I ain't going to the Grammys. I'm going to the Glad Award this year because I know they're going to uplift me. That's what we need to start doing as a society. If we don't like the Oscars, we don't need to watch the Oscars. White people will continue to have their shit. But again, the culture itself is changing. And I think that's what we need to focus on. Because if we keep thinking about whiteness in the sense of, I mean, white people still have the money, white people still have this, we're never going to focus on what we need to do to get ourselves ahead. Because white people, that's how they got ahead. They didn't think about us. Right. And that's what we need to see in 2020 um, from all minorities, all people of color. It's just a real sense of um, togetherness, yeah. um, purposeful action to help uplift and empower all people. Mm. Not that we're trying to be... No one needs to be the superior race, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It should just be we are working together to be build an equitable uh, society for all of us so that yeah. all of our children, all of our uh, people we love and care about can just live without fear. Um, and with maybe live here, really make something of themselves and have something sustainable for them and future generations. And our climate, that's the worst part about 2010, uh, of this decade, right, is the climate change and how no one... No one's caring. And I think we will end the we will end the world. I think the world is not uh, for, for I, forever. It's gonna I hope be it's not wally. in our lifetime. I hope it's not our lifetime. I, but I know that we will ultimately be the demise of this planet for sure. Something has not, to change. It we're has not to be changing. Something. But let's 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 not focus on that yet because we. I mean, I don't, I'm not giving power to that. But I do want to really rewind it back real quick. Let's talk about where. This year went 2019. To me, this past Trump, uh, the Trump's administration has been by far the most tumultuous time period. But I think we have seen the most cultural change, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, in these past four years, though. I think Trump America has definitely pushed us to be a little bit more vocal. I think the gay, the fact that we have Trump as president, but gayness. Trap music, Latino music is at the forefront. That is speaking to me. No, absolutely. I, I think it's it, it put a, a 
spark under everyone, right? That makes you realize that if you don't do anything, that these kind of terrible ideals will persist. Yeah. So you have to be seen. You have to let your uniqueness and your differences shine. Um, because if not, it, it'll become the same thing, more mm-hmm. of the same. And at this point, I mean, I think I don't... I'm positive, right? Optimistic about next year's election that we will see a change. You know, we have... Uh, representatives like AOC being so mm-hmm. powerful. I think if she was running for president, that would he would she would be because I think that I'm, to get into politics real quick. I'm seeing that I'm not inspired to vote for any of these bitches because they're all boring. They are not. It's not a reality show, Trump. It's no, not no, no, a no, 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 no. It's not about reality show, Trump. But they are boring people. They're Who not. Who cares? But they're not gonna get nothing done. Boring doesn't get the world done. Boring doesn't. I just middle of the road. That can moderate, do moderate white people are job. not gonna get me to vote. Moderate white people are not gonna get to me to vote. And I cannot stand when people say, "Oh, but they're progressive because of this." No. Fundamentally, is there progression whiteness? Yes. And that's why I think that if we do lose this election, it's because of that. Because we have not learned that we have to fight Trump with a Trump that stands for what we want. But back, backing away from that... But you know what? I've heard that argument that people, before. Have you noticed that people always finish the year with, God, I can't wait for the next year? I realized these past 2018, 2019 were not bad years. The worst year for me was 2016. 2016 was bullshit. But... What? We... We got our friendship together in 2016. What are you talking about? You're forgetting who I lived with in 2016. You're forgetting You, that. Live, you live with me, boo. What's up? No, and I, What's you're that? forgetting that I had a terrible job, even worse than the I job. I don't really remember that job. I got to really experience and meet one of my favorite groups of all time, Tara Jr., Right. Is that a top point for your That is a top point for my 2019. That is the, probably the best part of my 2019. No. Gosh, shade. Gag, the girl. The shade of not. You're shading yourself. You had a terrible year then. Ah, stop. No, um, baby, 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 baby. baby. <laughs> We so gotta get you out so more. So we gotta get Terry. Do y'all know who Terry Jr. is? If you don't, go look it up because they gave it to me. They save it up every time. But I got to get introduced to their music, meet them. I got to run and realize and coordinate and plan more things in my job than I had ever anticipated and are still doing so more and more each day. I got to. And I got to start a podcast with my best friend, Rafi. Uh, which has been a journey, and I'm so glad to have shared it with you all, listeners at home, my friends, family. Um, but other than that, it was stressful. It was me trying to figure out things and wondering why I wasn't happy as I thought I would be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it goes back to you know early conversations we had, and I, I like to attribute this realization to Rebecca Sugar, my Silver Spring homegirl. Uh, creator of Steven Universe, but that movie really spoke to me, and they had this idea of happily ever after never really ends because if you're trying to just get to like a uh, a sense of like happiness and you know keeping it there, it's, that's not realistic. It's not. It's not. A, it's not a consistent state. Sometimes things are just okay. Sometimes things are not okay. Some things are really great, and being okay with that. So I I've definitely wrestled with that this year. I think I've learned a lot. You know, my father passed a month or so ago. Time flies, right? Yeah. And that has obviously given me so much to think about when it comes to where I am in life, what I'm able to do, what I want to do, and just where I put my energy. So while this year was a lot of obstacle and struggle that I'm used to dealing with ever, (laughs) I I am still optimistic and hopeful towards the future because 
even if next year is tough, I still know I'll make it through and learn. <laughs> Quick. Uh, three favorite things that happened this year. It could, be, it could be cultural or personal. Three favorite things that happened this year. That affected your perspective. Lightning round. Lemonade. Being in a long-term relationship. And I would still say being in an abusive relationship. I think those are my personal things, honestly. I think Beyonce, as you all know, has given us everything this year. Um, between four and Beyonce and Lemonade and the Carters and Lion King, the gift, I, I've gotten so much more respect for the black experience, for the black female experience, um, and just realizing how that has shaped me as a person, how it shaped so many of us. I mean, I can obviously go into a rant about, you know, how black women, even in slavery, take care of the society, <laughs> right? The most disrespected uh, people out here, but. Um, and then just relationships. I think it's all about love, and love to me is still the most powerful thing we have. It's the only magic we really have, other than words in our society. And what I mean by that is just it can really change your perspective, change how you view things, change how you affect others, change how others receive you, and that's what it's about. If you have a positivity, that growth, that that real purposeful um, desire to change and affect positivity, then I think it can happen. But it starts in a place of love. Being love to yourself, love to others, love for nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my three were definitely coming out to my parents. Uh, I never thought of, I couldn't see the, the world beyond that point at that point. I think that's what I'm, I'm going to focus on with my three. Is how that moment helped me see more in my lifespan. Because um, I always thought that I was going to die young. Me and Dallas always talked about that. I would say moving up here, and this is kind of like a double, but becoming closer to you versus cutting off that one person in our lot in both of our lives that um, that we both know that was not uplifting me. That I was trying to force again, forcing something with him that never got me anything in return. And I realized that if I would have put most more of that energy into someone that actually would have seen me, like you or other people in my life, that I would have saved myself all that trauma. But again, I needed to learn that lesson. Um, but that was a, that allowed me to see the world for what it was and how I was seeing people, how I was structuring, like, how my white bias was so strong back then. And then my third one was definitely 305, getting the job at 305 and getting a job that, again, finally, I don't feel like I have to change to be a part of the community. I just have to be myself and fit that mold has allowed me to get excited for 2020, get excited for actually seeing... A, like a future for my career and longevity in my career and not having to just focus on what I'm doing wrong anymore. Yeah, that. So history. Right. Being kind to yourself is definitely one of the biggest things I've gotten at the end of this decade and just being okay with what you can do. But I also have seen a shift in you too. Like, like I said, you have been a little bit more willing to go outside of the boxes recently and I don't know where that's coming from but <laughs> but you did say that losing your dad I think that do you think that's like part of that too? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just live your life in such a state of like, okay, I got to just get to the next, I don't know, marker, next goal. Um, I got to make sure everything's okay. But then sometimes when it's not okay, you just go through it. I mean, death is going to happen regardless. And if you have a loved one, you have to go through it. You just have to go through it. There's no manual. There's no 
actual way to deal with it. There's so many, everything, everyone's a different person. So you're going to experience it how you experience it. And you're like, I remember you asking, like, how do you go through this? And like, you just go through it. And once you just go through certain things, you realize that you can just go through a lot of things, anything really. <laughs> I wanted to know, like, I think we, I, because again, taking me asking you that question to me must feel like to you, like when someone asks me, like, where do you, like, where do you get your confidence from? You don't know how to answer that. You just do it. You do you it. You have to give yourself that credit. Just do the fucking thing. Just do it. Just Nike, do it. support us, girl. Nike, yeah, because we're actually putting your logo to use. Just do it. Just, whatever you want in life, stop saying that you can't do it. Whether, like I said, you're close to me or if you don't even know me from Adam and you're just here listening to the podcast. Just do the fucking thing. Right. I mean, and I know it sounds easy when you're like, someone's like, oh, just do it. I mean, but really, you're going to have fear. Yeah. We all have fear. Target one thing at a time. Don't don't go from saying, oh, I, like I said, for me, if I were to use it, one thing that has not prepared, like, I still have a guard up in relationships and dating. To me, I would say, just do it. Go, go on a date. It's not that easy. But I know I needed to work on myself first, heal myself, and see myself as a beautiful figure before I even allowed myself to be loved by somebody else. So, yeah, that, so I say, if you are looking for someone, if you are that person that cannot not be in a relationship start with how can I love myself more before you say I'm going to find a perfect relationship for me this year you know what I'm saying those kinds of things right because it's going to come regardless if weight is a thing for you or your body image don't say I'm going to start like running on the treadmill five uh, five days a week and then not eating car for a week no say I'm going to go to a class that I've noticed brings happiness to other people so I'm going to try it and if it doesn't work for me I'm not going to give up I'm going to try something else Try everything. Try everything at least once and see what sticks. So, wow. What an episode, what a decade, what a time that we've spent with you all as you prepare for your New Year's festivities. Um, what are you doing for New Year's? Again, being in the cabin. Oh, is that, that, that on the mountains, seeing what we're going to do uh, with a lot of crazy young people and their significant others and a lot of alcohols and other substances. Sounds <laughs> so fun. What about you, honey? I don't know. Yeah, I'll probably stay here. Probably working. Wrap the episode up, girl. All right. Um, and this has been Rafi and Nunu Parish, y'all, saying Happy New Year. Let's fucking make this year, this decade, the best it can be. Because I'm going to die. <laughs> try something new, because you never know what next day has to bring off. And don't vote Republican. See you next year, Gales. I'll see you. And again, if you love this episode, make sure to follow us on Instagram at We Don't Do a Podcast. Listen on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and wherever other podcasts are sold. So once again, it's your girl, New New Paris. And I'm Rafi. See you next year, girls. Bye. Bye. Bye.